Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Uh, Brian, it's been an interesting week in you mean uh, war. Well, that too. I mean, I, that's it covers everything. It's been <laughs> a very, very uh, exciting week. Okay. Interesting. It's been right. an interesting week. Uh, but okay. I'm in the house today, so I just I, – I, that's, that's what, the only point that I was going to make. I, who cares about the war? I'm just saying if you hear some dogs in the background, it's because it's 35 degrees in my studio and I'm recording from my bedroom today. Sounds positively warm to me. It is. It is. It was 35 <laughs> degrees in my studio, so you, you got to say that it's – you know, that's worthy of going in the house for. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Even as a Canadian now. Yeah. It's, uh, mm. it's cold out there. Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, today is Twin Peaks Day. It is Twin Peaks Day. I didn't know if you were going to notice that. Yes, the day that uh, Agent Cooper rolled into Twin Peaks and said hello to Diane, and it's today, so it seems fitting for a weird week all around. That's true. Yeah. A little follow-up here. There's a great article over in The Verge uh, where they interview Molly White, who is the uh, the web person behind uh, Web3 is going just great, one of my favorite mm -hmm. websites that I check constantly because it's just too much fun to watch the NFT world kind of implode. <laughs> So great. Well, title. it's imploding and exploding at the same time. It's going off yes. the chain, as the kids say, but it's also off still all on the chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you make dad Bitcoin jokes? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but speaking of, of the Bitcoin and the chain, there's an article. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, and I, I found this over at web three is going great.com, which is why I put this here. Kickstarter says they won't make changes to Kickstarter without you. And this is after a big backlash where they said they were going to start putting shit on the blockchain a la Web3. And in this interview, one of their C-level of executives basically just comes out and says he has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. I mean, like none. Uh, did you get a chance to read this? I, I scanned through it a little bit. I mean, it just... I don't, I don't know how this got through whatever levels there might be at Wikipedia to to finalize and be put out there and i i don't understand anything anymore it's just like i feel like every organization just has somebody within it that's running around screaming crypto 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 yeah and this guy this guy he's the chief operating officer his name's sean Lowe. he is equating blockchain with open source and saying oh well blockchain is going to be better than the open source we've been using now which just shows you right there this guy should not work at a tech company whatsoever I, mean, just I don't leave. know if he knows how to operate anything for, a, for a chief operating officer. Yeah. What exactly is he operating over there? Yeah. He's operating <laughs> his secretary to go uh, print out his emails so he can read them. No operating yeah. heavy machinery on crypto. That's my new rule. When I was on Facebook this week, I was uh, doing some searches for my, my post-strokey condition, right? Yes. So on these boards, you can do searches because it's a Facebook group, you know, and you should be able to search for things. So... I'm searching because I've got this condition. I'm trying to find other people that have it and figure out, you know, what they use to get through it. Is it, mm -hmm. you know, a drug from the doctor? Is it chicken soup, you know, taken rectally? I don't know. I just want to know. But the general consensus was pot. THC right. is mm -hmm. good for this condition. Now, I lost the post that I was on, so I went back to go search for it. This is where I discovered that on Facebook, you can search for CBD – but you cannot search for THC, even though they are in the exact same post. It will uh, 
it will return zero results for THC, zero results for marijuana. Uh, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, jihad and all that just come back just fine. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, and that of course. Was, it was frustrating as hell. I'm just trying to find these posts that I was just looking at that I know have the, the letters THC in them. Uh, but nope, Facebook will not let you search on it. Yeah, I mean, Facebook is is one of Facebook's biggest problems. If the and and I mean, they're not in the business of actually being a useful anything for the for the customers. We're just you know we're ad fodder. That's all we are. Mm -hmm. That's what that's the business that they're in. But like yep. you know, I always see like a post. Like I'll be wandering around and I look on my phone when I'm bored for a couple minutes and I'll see a post and I'll go, oh yeah, I'd really like to to read up on that or read more about that or see what my friend said or whatever it might be. And unless you save it immediately, when you try to go back and find that post again, good fucking luck. It is gone. gone. Daddy gone. You will yep. never, 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 never find it. <laughs> yeah. Except, except, you know, in 10 years when some hater of yours can go back and dig it up and cancel you for it. Yeah. They're God really forbid you want to find it in 10 minutes. Uh, so that brings me into a story that we had over at Clash Royale, you know, the game that that's uh, still a thing. We're still playing. Wow. Playing GOG.show. <laughs> it's like six years almost that we've been that's playing amazing. this. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. So somebody tried to write in one of, uh, one of the messages porn. Well, it turns out you can't write porn in the chat. You can write everything else that we, you could possibly think of. It is, you know, it is a vulgarian's paradise on there. But God forbid you try and do the word porn. It cannot be done. We tried for, you know, I, I know I tried like half a dozen ways. I'm putting it on multiple lines, offset, offset by asterisks, all sorts of stuff. As soon as you type in that N, boom. It's done. What you about, cannot. What, it's all asterisks. What about the old favorite, P-R-O-N or zero N? Oh, oh, dude, don't even start. Yes, of course, <laughs> that one's done. <laughs> Any permutation that you can come up with, spaces don't matter. Um, like I said, spaces, line breaks don't matter. You cannot write the word porn. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling how these people come up with this shit. But again, I'm sure you can. You, I'm sure you can use it to plot some sort of authoritarianism uprising somewhere because you know oh. they won't block any of that stuff. No, no, no. You can write whatever you want there. That's what I'm saying. You can write literally. I, I cannot find anything else that they will censor except the word porn. That's amazing. I, I love how these companies just arbitrarily decide to censor some things, but then can't be bothered doing. You know what it usually comes down to? It's a keyword search for things that will immediately get us in trouble and be bad news for us. And then anything that's hard. Well, forget that. In the news. over there at meta slash facebook slash you know zucklandia uh mm -hmm. they had a little kerfuffle this week with one of their employees called uh, uh called his name's uh jaron a miles mm -hmm. now this is an interesting case because he got he got sniffed out as being a possible pedo mm -hmm. by a bunch of amateur you know pedo hunters which i did not know was a thing and <laughs> coming a, soon actually <laughs> There's a group On out Netflix. there. There's a group out there called PCI Predator Catchers Indianapolis. So it's apparently got franchises. Uh, they caught this guy not doing anything, but just talking about some uh, inappropriate communications he had with a 13 year old boy. Okay, um, it doesn't look good for him. I'm gonna gonna say it's that. It's a bad but, look. Uh, 
Yeah. It's a bad look, but... Especially is, for somebody you know, that's head of global community development. I know. What kind of community are you developing there, brother? <laughs> um, so I just thought this was a, a kind of an interesting case because he has not been charged with any crime, as far mm-hmm. as we know. He's just been kind of outed on YouTube by some folks. Um, yeah, it's a strange. Well, it's bad enough that he in. is... He's effectively canceled, right? Like, so he's yes. off social media completely. He no longer is employed at Meta. He's not a MetaMate anymore. Uh, no, whether he's not. he resigned or fired is unclear. And, uh, you know, some point somebody, because look, this guy was pretty high up, has a lot of connections. People get quietly hired somewhere and told, you know, stop trying to talk to 13 year old boys. The New York Times had a very long read about who is behind QAnon. Apparently, a couple uh, groups of scientists got their heads together and rolled out some AI and mm-hmm. uh, kind of basically rolled it back to two of the original people who posted on it. So right. it, what we've discovered about QAnon is the one who smelt it dealt it. <laughs> and I thought this was already solved on the HBO series. I never watched it, but I always I thought that they they outed somebody at the end with a hot mic. <laughs> I don't think that they ever had, you know, like actionable proof. Not that this is actionable proof either, because this is forensic right. linguists doing analysis of text messages, which I'm sure is not going to be admissible in court yet. Maybe soon. But uh, <laughs> Q yeah. has been so, caught by a cunning linguist. <laughs> it's one of those shows. I know. It is. Did you have telling you, I come weed? in the house. I come in the house, and it's just magic. <laughs> I could tell. Uh, okay, let's keep going. Keep on rolling. <laughs> Just like the convoys. Try it. <laughs> All right. God. Burn the air. There's a bear in the air. Um I saw this one at Futurism and I just had to chuckle too. Apple employees are unionizing and they're using Android phones to keep Apple from spying on them. Uh, and I, I just love this. They, these organizers have switched to Android phones to avoid any potential spying. Um, do they know what an Android phone is generally good for? Spying. Not security. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, That's pretty Damned funny. if you do, damned if you don't. So. Yeah, and I saw this article, and I think we talked about this before, but it's come up again. Um, You can't copyright AI-created art, according to the U.S. officials. The U.S. Copyright Office has denied an effort to copyright a work of art that was created by artificial intelligence system. Now, this is this guy, Dr. Stephen Thaler, who is on a one-man mission, basically. He keeps attempting this. I I don't know if it's he's bored in life. Uh, Maybe he needs a good book. Or, you know, this is just the hill that he has decided to die on. He is going to keep testing Mm -hmm. this uh, all around the world until he gets AI, like, considered to be copyrightable, apparently. I don't know. So he's working at it, and he's not not really doing very well. It's not happening. So uh, he uh, applied to register this work as a work-for-hire to the owner of the creativity machine. However, the office of that said that current copyright law only offers protections to the fruits of intellectual labor that are founded in the creative powers of the human mind. As such, all copyrighted work must be created by a human being, and the office says it won't register works produced by a machine or mere mechanical process that lacks intervention or creative input from a human author. So, as far as we know right now, AI stuff, is you cannot copyright it, which is interesting because if I'm correct, and I've done a little bit of research about this. A lot of these NFTs uh, that are being rolled out, these, you know, uh, all the different like series, some of them are very much AI created, right? Like they do all the different 
iterations. Somebody comes up with the first one and they use some software to basically create, here's the whole line of these stupid NFTs that you can buy, which is an interesting thought because it's basically now saying that those are not copyrightable. So if somebody right clicks and steals it, tough shit. I don't think they really use AI to come up with NFTs. It's basically just a bunch of, you know, sorted lists and uh, some permutations to RAND. <laughs> That's about it as far <laughs> as it gets. And then it just places the assets, you know, on the grid. We built right. something like this uh, with our old friend of the show, Dave Riegler, for a uh, site back in with – I think we were using Shockwave for it shockwave or flash and we actually we built it yeah that, that's what it was we built a runtime in uh in director to actually spit out you know probably fifty thousand graphics all the different permutations for this website that basically we, we're spitting out nfts we didn't even know yeah. it um, you didn't know it. you just weren't monetizing them jason there was the problem right yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean since we're not really claiming that you know the machine made all the decisions on it there's definitely human input here because we're there people are creating the graphics right. that are are eventually becoming the piece of the artwork so i could see how they could make a claim that it, it was all human intervention there was no ai involved okay fair enough so uh speaking of nfts the nft marketplace OpenSea is investigating a phishing attack that has left more than two dozen of its users without access to some of their most valuable digital tokens now you may scoff initially at the number two dozen but when you start to realize that sure there may be hundreds of thousands of users but those two dozen are probably holding most of it because they're laundering shit so there you yeah. go <laughs> uh, panic hit the platform when someone stole hundreds of nfts over several hours that afternoon the attacker targeted 32 accounts and tamed 254 tokens uh, among the stolen nfts are tokens from the board ape yacht club and azuki collection so again like i said the expensive ones uh, one estimate by molly white she's back again the creator of the web3 is going great blog pen pegged the hall at 641 ethereum which is approximately 1.7 million at the time of this article so they certainly attacked the right accounts <laughs> yes yes and now now uh these people are suing and uh it's, it's a very interesting thing about how they're claiming that these things are worth all of this money and uh all of the all of the uh the you know the mainstream news articles tend to be putting worth in quotes which i think is really funny <laughs> well again it's, it's we've seen the tide turning on this sort of stuff people are not drinking the kool-aid in media anymore yeah exactly just uh in corporations who are trying to, to basically spin <laughs> the next uh, leg of their business off of it yeah. um there was an auction at sotheby's that has been canceled for crypto punks Mm -hmm. uh, apparently the, uh, the seller got wind that there wasn't a whole lot of buzz happening around his big old auction. Cause he thought it was going to bring in about 30 million right. and the, uh, the rumblings were, it was barely going to hit the reserve of 14 million. So he said, you know, let's just pull it off for now. I'm going to, I'm going to hodl. <laughs> let me, let me give this guy a little bit of advice. Take the 14 yeah. million. No shit. <laughs> Take it Seriously. and run, 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 because this shit's going to tank. I'm sorry. It just yeah. is. This is ridiculous. And you know it's going to tank when almost the entirety of Fiverr has been conscripted into making NFT art now, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous how many people. I mean, but good for the people on, you know, Fiverr. Fiver. The they're artists. Making a, they're making a nice Fiverr. See, this is how we figured out how artists can make money on the internet. <laughs> they basically <laughs> make NFTs crap. for other people. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's good enough. Um, and, uh, speaking of stupid ideas, Virgin Hyperloop, remember them? Yeah. It was going to be the next big thing. Yeah. Well, nope. 
like most back of the napkin <laughs> ideas, not doing so well. Uh, they have laid off 111 workers, which is almost half of its workforce, uh, which is interesting because they just got a new contract, but apparently it doesn't take that many people to dig a hole. So actually, no, I see that's the problem. I keep getting this confused with Elon. Elon's a boring company. Boring company. Yeah, that's different. That's that's just yeah, a standard the, old I, tunnel. Uh, this is the Hyperloop is I, I think it was going to be yeah. above ground and it was going to be basically tube, uh, if, yeah. you're, if you're old enough to remember drive through banking when they would send the money in the little tu- pneumatic tube, this is going to be sending yes. people through that. Yeah. Yeah, and they did some tests. They got the cars up pretty quick, but uh, what they're saying is they're going to skip the passenger thing and then just going to go for freight, okay. which probably is a better idea, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I, I I was not too eager to sign up for one of these rides. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, especially because there's no windows. You can't even see how fast you're going. Yeah. I can just go on Star Tours and get the same experience. Are you hungry? I am which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factor's chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. 
If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once, they continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. 
One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to GOG.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Media Candy. Brian, for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about Paramount Plus and uh, mm-hmm. making the old joke about CBS All Access. On day yes. one, they made the press release that we've had a record day in downloads because it's the <laughs> first day of downloads. Yes. We've been milking that joke for almost seven years now. Still funny. <laughs> I know. I Because I, I looked it up because somebody – I was reading an article about Paramount Plus and how Paramount and Viacom and CBS was changing. And they said that, you know, the the uh, uh, that CBS All Access was like almost eight years old. And I'm like, no, no. That, there's that no does way. feel wrong. That feels totally wrong. Yeah, uh, it's it's because it's it is a little wrong. It's seven years and three months. Okay, <laughs> like oh god, you <laughs> rounded up quite a bit. But anyway, seven years it has been since Discovery was uh, teased at us, and uh, yeah, I, I it still feels new to me. It's it, like they just yeah. changed the name to Paramount Plus last week. They yeah, grow up so I, fast, it's Brian. A bit weird. They do grow up so fast. I I I don't think I subscribed until Discovery launched. And what see, they're coming into their fourth season, right? So I don't know. Yes. It does. It's I was going to ask you, it picked back up, it looked like. So I didn't know if you were going to pick it back up with the uh the season continuation. Oh, is it started again? No. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, so. I'm I'm really worried about the AI. It was very the ship. The ship was depressed last last time I left it, Jason. So I need to find out if the ship got Prozac or CBD, oh, or maybe it wasn't able to search its own <laughs> records. It needs to call Better Ship Online yeah. Counseling. There you go. God. Uh, so I have uh, picked up some of the HBO shows. Last week, tonight with John Oliver has come back. Um, same show as always. Very clever. Very funny. Um, I I enjoy it. I'm going to keep up with it. And I dip back into real time with Bill Maher since I found myself logged back into the HBO app. And, uh, you know, now that he's not whining about COVID so much anymore, uh, I don't mind listening to him again. I find him frustrating. I, I agree with him sometimes. I find myself disagreeing with him more often now. His take on cancel culture and various other things I'm not really up for. But you know what I found? He's, he's a good replacement for for me now is is uh adam carolla 
because Adam Carolla okay. went off the freaking deep end and has never come back. But with Bill Maher, I get, I get, I get opinions and thoughts that I wouldn't normally think of, and they're not as annoying. So I don't mind it. It's fine. Okay. Uh, to each their own. To each their yep. own. I tried. I tried. I can't do them. I know. So what actually happened to Adam Carolla? I don't. I you know I haven't followed him for a long time. You followed him a lot longer than I did. But did he just go COVID cuckoo? He went COVID cuckoo and he never came back. He and Doctor Drew are just and, and he's ultra conservative now. And the thing that the thing that I dislike about both Adam Carolla and Bill Maher is they spend all their time screaming about Hollywood elites. They're fucking uh, Hollywood elites. Yeah, look in they a mirror, are, bro. <laughs> look in a mirror. Like, give me a break. Adam Carolla is always up on, like, Kevin Costner's ranch and hanging out with Jimmy Kimmel's his best friend. Bill Maher is always at Hollywood parties. Stop pretending you're not that. That's so exactly. annoying. Anyways, yeah, I, I just <laughs> I gave up on Carolla. Carolla doesn't even really get good guests anymore. Like, it's all, it's all he's all Fox crazy right wing stuff now he doesn't even do entertainment stuff anymore because like all of his friends also like abandoned him like dave david oh. allen Greer, when he used to be on on adam carolla's show was the funniest thing in the world he they don't even speak to each other anymore they're done so good times another one bites the dust yep uh, i did see that the uh the marvelous mrs mazel is back for season four have you uh jumped in yet I have watched the first two episodes. I'm not sure if any more have come out. Uh, they did that thing where they dumped two because, you know, there you go. Uh, but not the full season. So I guess we have to wait. The first episode was actually legitimately hilarious. Uh, the second one, not so much. But I guess they're trying to build a story. Uh, if they go past this season, I'm not going to watch anymore. I'll finish out this one, though. Okay. I couldn't even get into season three. I went back and when I saw that this was on, I'm like, oh, interesting. I think I should finish the last season because I thought I had like an episode or two left. Mm -hmm. And no, I had the whole thing. I, st I stopped after the first episode. <laughs> I still so. enjoy it. Uh, the acting on it's great. The The story itself is the problem now. Okay. That's too bad. That's too bad. It was such a good show at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But uh, I did watch The King's Man on HBO this week. Right. Uh, just because I was bored. It was late. Couldn't sleep. A little bit of the ultraviolence. Yes, sort of. Uh, this has Ray Fiennes in it. And, uh, you know, wasn't Voldemort out on this one. But he, um, I don't know. It's it's a weird, it's a weird sequel. It's actually a prequel. If you've watched uh, The Kingsman, the original yeah. one, then there was a sequel to that, which was terrible with Elton John. Yep. And uh, there were some funny bits in that one. And this one was just a weird hybrid of both and it wasn't very good. It just wasn't okay. good. Well, so. off my list then. Cause I did, I, I very much enjoyed the first one, even though it was insanely violent. Uh, the yeah. second one I remember had a couple chuckles, but overall was kind of crap. And, uh, I saw the advertising for this and I was, I was going to watch it. Now I'm not. Yeah. If you, if you need something on in the background while you're, you know, doom scrolling, fine <laughs> for that. You know, it's one of those, you don't really have to pay that much attention to it. <laughs> Uh, I did see this one. I thought, uh, okay, time to feel old again. Uh, Tori Amos's album, Little Earthquakes, is uh, it turned 30 in January. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I follow a lot of like the Facebook sites like Post Punk and all that sort of stuff. And basically all it does is depress me. And when every morning I just like the first post I see is some beloved album that I listened to in my youth that, you know, foundational for me, 40 years old. Oh, great. Yeah. Stuff from my college years and, and all that 20, 30 years old. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, but the interesting thing about this one is that she's doing a, like a standalone comic with it, which is pretty cool. Of course, Neil Gaiman's in it. What? She's not doing NFTs? (laughs) Yes. Yes. There are NFTs involved. So sadly enough. Um, But uh, Margaret Atwood has a story in it too, which brings me back to another point, which is I listened to her on Tim Ferriss's show Mm -hmm. and you got to listen to it if you haven't listened to it. Man, she is still sharp. She oh, is yeah. so sharp. She's amazing. But And she's your neighbor. Well, she's neighbor a true now. Canadian uh, treasure, unlike Martin Short. Ups and doodads. Brian, I bought a new microphone last week. Oh, called a okay. Beacon. Uh, it's a, do, you it's have, a, a US do you have room to stand in your studio anymore? Because it's got to be full of mics at this point. Well, that's all in my storage locker. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> plenty of room. Um, this is it's a new USB mic, but it has digital uh, signal processors built into the microphone. So I thought it was pretty cool. The software looked pretty cool. The video I saw was a really nice demo for it. It's about three hundred bucks, um, and I'm looking for a really good USB based mic with good software because mm-hmm. the Shure MV7. Uh, is okay. It's decent, but uh, it's really plosive heavy no matter what you do to it. Uh, so I thought I'd try the beacon out. Beacon comes, take it out of the box. Ooh, fancy. Weight's really nice. Put it on the boom arm, plug it into the into the computer. Go to download the software. Downloads an EXE file. I'm like, what is this, 1996? <laughs> Turns out, Nope, no Mac support, no Linux support, Windows only. Hmm. <sighs> I got to say, the one thing that Beacon does have going for it is their return policy is fairly seamless. And that reminds me, it's sitting on the floor in my garage. I should take that to FedEx. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, I, they're obviously going after the streamer market, but which is yeah. sad because if this thing does half of what it says it can do, it would be one of the best podcast mics out there. But I don't know because I don't have a PC. Well, I do, but I'm not about to go set it up and install it just so I can use a mic that I'm not going to use every day. Right. And another bit of follow-up. Brian, do you remember that airport tag TWA uh, band I got for my Apple Watch? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we wondered how long that they were going to last. Yeah. Uh, Till now. That's how long they last. <laughs> okay. Not as long as CBS All Access. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Yeah. CBS All Access is still going. Um, yeah. The discovery I made was, uh, but ching it just kind of fell apart. So I went out and I found the Nomad Rugged Band just to kind of do a little change of pace, get the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, get the tactical look going back. Uh, it's expensive. It was like 60 or 70 bucks with shipping. Um, very heavy. It's kind of like a really high-end uh, Casio G-Shock uh, band. So, right. Uh, they make a lot of other stuff besides uh, bands, which I found out, um, which is worth checking out. It's a pretty decent-looking brand. But the, this thing is definitely heavy, and it is rugged. It will last outlast this watch uh, by a long shot. All right. I'm, I'm so. still using my, my two originals I bought ages ago. I've got the, well, the one that just came with it, the fabric one, which is my day-to-day and workout and I can wear it in the shower and everything. And then I've got my fancy, I'm going out black leather with white stitching band and that's it. That's all I use. Yeah. My, my fabric one is a little, got a little funky because I wore it a lot. So that got right. a little too funky uh, <laughs> for just going out in, you know, day-to-day wear. And the leather one that I had, I got the Apple leather one. And that felt just fell apart just over time. So, but I think I've had Apple watches longer than you have. 
Yes, you have. Uh, I found a cool app called Paste this week. And what it does is it's basically just a clipboard manager. The Paste. But the nice thing about it is it uh, it syncs with iCloud. So anything I copy and paste on one machine is available on other machines, which mm-hmm. makes it easier to go back in history. I'm sure privacy people are just going, oh, my God. But <laughs> I don't care. It's actually useful. Um, I found it on SetApp because I am a member of SetApp. Uh, where you get all those apps for one low monthly price. Right. And I uh, talked about it on the show before. Link will be that to that in the show notes. Uh, but there's like 200 apps. So I always check like the new stuff that comes out. I think that's how I found Paste. But I also uh, found Tot again because uh, we talked about Tyke on the show, which is a little um, utility my friend Andre Torres wrote years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed on Twitter, he's like, I don't even know how to code anymore. So everybody that's asking me about this here, it's up on GitHub, have at it. So he gave it away. <laughs> right. And then then following that tweet, he's like, or you could just go get Tot. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay, we tried Tot before on the show and uh, it looks to be a little bit better. Um, there's a nice little toggle for uh, rich text to plain text, which is, I use this thing mainly just to convert uh, formatted text to plain text to pop it in show notes 99% yeah. of the time. So if you're looking for a little scratch pad, that thing's pretty good. Um, have you seen time.is yet? No, no. This is the most well-designed, what the hell time is it in X website that I've seen. It is a great single-use single, single use website, but I was trying to find out what, what time it was central, in central time, because somebody sent me a meeting invite in central time, and I'm like, who the hell lives in Central Time anymore? Uh, besides, like the nineteen seventies TV shows. Yeah. Uh, so I I popped it into here, and it does exactly what it says on the very 10. nice. It's this is cool. It's very pretty, isn't it? The thing, the problem is, in my phone, I've already set up you know times for the cities that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of things for me are relevant to, so I can just use that. Yeah. And the one time that I would need something like this, I will never remember this website. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, also considering most of the time when you just type in the question in Google, it gives you the time that you're looking for and you don't need another website. But Or I can just ask my lady in the tube. Yeah, you can do that too. That's how I got to my next website, which is howlongago.com. <laughs> <laughs> I was checking to see how long ago it had been since we uh, started the show, and it has been eight years, 10 months, and 30 days since our first episode of Grumpy Old Geeks. But also cute little website just tells you exactly how long ago something was because I did how long ago was the date in Google and the Google gave me days and I'm like, I don't want days. I want I want, you know, human numbers. I'm sensing a theme in this show about how we're talking about how there are so many things out there that make us feel old. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Uh, So remember when Meta... Well, before they were meta, when they were still just Facebook that happened to own Instagram, felt like they needed to start, yeah, start, start to put some, you know, usage time limit options on their apps, you know, for the children to help them out. Yes. Yeah. They're rolling those back. Of course they are. Nobody cares anymore. Yeah. Nobody cares. So, and they're just starting to, for the few people that were using it, they're starting to roll up the daily time limits. Uh, They're changing as part of an app update, it says. Uh, They're saying it's to help things get more granular, but uh, the defaults are, you know, inching up instead of down and all that sort of stuff. So they're basically just starting to get rid of all this crap because nobody cares at all. I'm surprised they don't have an add-on that you can buy for extra rollover minutes. (laughs) 
even though it's a completely it's a completely voluntary system. Yes, if they sold totally rollover voluntary. minutes, you know somebody would pay for it uh, with Ethereum, no less. <laughs> Probably, because yes. you can't get uh, Libra. Yep, and uh, True Social has launched. Donald Trump's Twitter-like social media platform has finally launched, even on the Apple App Store. CNET has reported, although some users are reportedly having trouble creating accounts. Uh, some people have gotten error messages when they try to enter a birth date, email, or phone number, while others say they were placed on wait lists. Um, none of this is surprising. I, you know, that that happens when people launch a new service. You can only test things so much, and it looks like they at least kind of tested a bit this time. So that's good. Um, you know, it's basically a Twitter clone. Uh, you can uh, post truths to the platform's equivalent to tweets, and it's possible to reshare posts on one's timeline, blah, blah, blah. So it's it's here. Uh, they are working on a verification policy that it would publish quotes in the coming <laughs> weeks, end quotes. Once again, another another app, another service with a roadmap rather than actual plans. Yes, yes. I just checked, and I am still on the wait list at number 312,238. Except the email I got right after that said I was in the 200,000s, but uh, this number has not changed in days because I tried to get on the first day, and I could not get on. I I would like to experience the truth, Brian. This is part of Uh, the job. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? I know. Uh, We don't get hazard pay, so GOG.show slash donate, please, uh, (laughs) to help us out with that. Yeah. I mentioned the Tindler, Tinder, Tindler, Tinder swindler on uh, a previous Tindler episode. Tindler. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, how this guy basically got away and lives in Israel now, like a little mm-hmm. douchebag he is. Well, he jumped up on Cameo. And okay. uh, Cameo basically says, yeah, uh, that's okay. <laughs> We're fine with that. Didn't do anything illegal, did he? Uh, not that he has been charged with, not, yeah. not, not at least for what was in the television show. He has not been charged for that stuff, okay. I, I believe. Well, what's the problem? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, just thought it was interesting. So yeah. he's got like 50 five-star reviews already too. People like him. People like him. All right. Well, uh, take the money while you can. Yeah, you know how we found out about this? Hmm. My roommate was actually going to buy one from him to send to somebody else we know who liked the show. <laughs> but the the pro, the sign-up process took so long that, you know, she got through, got the sign-up thing done, and then actually went in, ordered it, and then they said it's going to be seven days. Would you like to get it in 24 hours for an extra $100? Then instead of having an upsell where you can just click yes, you have to delete it and start all over again and then oh, pick that add-on when you do it. Boy. And when mm-hmm. she started over, I just looked at her and I go, is it $300 funny? And she's like, it ain't $30 funny. <laughs> and then boom. <laughs> so Cameo's bad lost UI. A lost yep. a sale. Sorry, Simon. At the library. All right. Speaking of things that are making us feel old, I am reading The 90s, a book by Chuck Klosterman. Now, the 90s were obviously a fairly pivotal decade for me. Lots of things happened, and uh, it was a good time. And I love Chuck Klosterman's nonfiction. He's written some fiction stuff. Uh, I've not enjoyed that, but he's an excellent journalist, and it's very good writing, and I've loved all of his other books. I (laughs) I haven't read anything by him in ages. Um, I don't think he's been releasing too much recently that has been nonfiction, but this has come out, and it's getting some buzz, and 
I'm about halfway through it, and it is uh, it is excellent. And with the theme of the show, makes me feel very old. It is a theme. It is a theme. I did um, get through How to Be Perfect, the correct answer to every moral question by Michael Schur. How was it? Uh, if you've watched The Good Place, it's pretty much, you know, that you've seen most of it because... <laughs> Yeah, he, he t- most of the stuff that's in this book is all the research that he did to go into create the show. So if you paid attention in class, there's not a lot to, to be gleaned. And there is some interesting stuff, you know, on how he came to his conclusions and things like that for the show. Um, but for the most part, it's kind of like a B minus, I'd say, in stars, however many stars that is. <laughs> I don't know. Moron of the week. In a surprise turn, we are bringing back Moron of the Week, which has been absent for quite some time. Starring the person that we banned from the uh, segment. Exactly. If, it, if you're going to resurrect something, right, let's go whole hog here. Kanye West says he's raked in over $2.2 million in STEM player sales in just 24 hours. This is after the announcement that Donda 2 would be released only on the Donda player, which is that little mm-hmm. STEM player that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, when it when it was first announced and i forgot that he had anything to do with it and <laughs> yeah so uh not not so great there and uh, i do like one of the comments was it uh ali ali funabil he says hello now nah, i'm gonna just wait till it leaks online instead Pretty of buying much. the stem player yeah and it'll be on streaming and, uh, media within two weeks it probably is already uh yeah. apparently his uh launch party didn't go all that well and he threw down his mic and stormed off so he's got problems like I, I actually feel a little bit bad making fun of him at this point because it's obvious that he has actual like actionable uh, mental issues at this point in time. So get some help, Kanye. Yeah, but he drives around my neighborhood in a $500,000 SUV. So, yes, you know, yeah. there's a, there's like a great said, line. Only a little. So only a little. Somewhere. Only a little. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great line in that movie, The Edge, where uh, Anthony Hopkins says, never feel sorry for a man with a plane. So. I think I cannot feel sorry for a man with a half a right. million dollar SUV or a, a minivan. Uh, and uh, this one is just a, I, I see what they're doing here. The bunnies have left the mansion inside Playboy's quest to reinvent itself as a tech company was from the information. Uh, thanks mm-hmm. to Chris Lockhead for sending this one over because he has a actual subscription so I could read the whole article. They are basically going whole hog on NFTs and web three and uh, trying to make their own only fans. Kind of got beat to the punch there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So they're and kind I don't, of I don't, I don't up. think the Playboy brand is strong enough, especially like for kids. Like again, things that make you feel old. Thinking about Playboy. <laughs> exactly. They've yeah. pivoted quite a bit, though. It's it's mostly a female run company now, and yeah. uh, which is a good thing, I think, for for that kind of brand. That's what you need. Uh, what doesn't help is, you know, I've been watching this uh, special on A and E called "The Secrets of the Playboy Mansion." Mm-hmm. Oh, they're not. They were not a lot of good people in there originally. No, so it's. No. I see why they're trying to clean house big time. And this was my original story for more of the week. Randy Zuckerberg has decided to get behind the mic again, and she has. Uh, she sang a song about crypto. Brian, oh joy! Did uh, did did you listen to this? Uh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I meant to. I meant I... to put a warning in there <laughs> before I posted it, but not safe for human not consumption. Good. Not safe for human consumption. What's really funny, though, is I watched her previous video that she got somewhat famous for, um, as far as nepotism can take you with a bad video. Uh, A friend of mine popped up in the middle of it as one of the dancers. David Prager was in it. (laughs) I was just like, what? (laughs) 
trip down memory lane. But um, yeah, this is just a, uh, a public service announcement. If uh, you see this link in the show notes, do not in any way, shape or form feel obligated to listen to the song. It's really bad. I'd recommend it's you really do that bad. Just don't. I did. So you don't have to. Security. Ha! Joining us today is Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. And finally, he's the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. Welcome to War Day, Dave. <sighs> yes, yes. Lots to talk about today. What's the latest uh, from you two gents? I got a quick Ford Pass update. After I turned in hmm. my car, um, I, was, I was doing the experiment that we always talk about and left on my app. To see if I could still turn the car on or off after a little while. Uh, right. Just because, you know, it's, it's for science. Yeah, for science. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah. Of course. And uh, of course, I couldn't get up the cojones to actually do it because I'm like, what if somebody's doing something with it right now and they're, you know, working on it and I start it, they can lose an arm. This is, this is where my mm. brain goes. So I didn't do it. But uh, about three days later... I got a note uh, from my phone that said, hey, this car has uh, been uh, a full factory reset, so your access has been uh, revoked. And I'm like, right. oh, good. That's good. Yeah, that so is good. They're at least doing something about that now over at Ford. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. Well, Ford's doing something, but what if you made a personal sale of your vehicle to someone else? Well, then you got to do it yourself. Right. Yep. Yep. SOP. <laughs> Tear those pages yeah. out of the manual. <laughs> I saw this over at the next web and I figured it's a good starting off point. Snowden was right. Pandemic surveillance is here to stay. And my reply is, well, duh, of course it is. Yeah. They don't, they don't give it back once they have it. Yeah. I want to, uh, yes. On the topic of Edward Snowden, uh, <laughs> my comment here is a uh, broken clock is right twice a day. And um, while I understand Edward Snowden's place as a symbol of mm -hmm. what he did and all that sort of stuff since he has gone off to Russia and, and become whatever level of celebrity you want to consider him. I, I can't say that I've been impressed with really much of anything that he's done. Like he doesn't strike me as being a particularly uh, insightful thinker or anything. So I, I just kind of – I've chosen to – to the degree that I can ignore him, which isn't always possible in the line of work that I do, but um, <laughs> anyway, you know, that's that's my take on him. I'm curious what you guys think. So he's a one-hit wonder. I mean, he's basically he's just kind of a Twitter gadfly screaming the same line about you know I told you so. And anytime something goes vaguely bad in terms of surveillance and and all that sort of stuff, and yeah, I mean, you can you can nitpick that and you can cherry pick all your stories and you know he's amazingly silent anytime there's any good news he's he's there mm -hmm. right away as soon as there's bad news though mm -hmm. yeah yeah so. i think one hit wonders is not unfair um I, I don't know i you know the folks that i know who are in that world i think i don't know if we've talked about this before but you know he's the things that he did put people in harm's way put put good people in harm's way um, they say he could have gone about it in different ways. Now, the flip side of that is the people in the privacy world and the surveil or the um, I'm sorry, the secured world, clearance world is what I'm trying to say. Um, 
they can say that and there's no way to really fact check them because everything's you know they say people lost their lives because of him and well maybe okay they say <laughs> show that, your work how, how do you, right right so i'm always skeptical of those kinds of things because i think it's easy for them to be repeated and exaggerated and without there being any backup they become unofficial facts and i just think that should be taken with a grain of salt but uh, I still I maintain my opinion that um, beyond the the very useful conversation that Edward Snowden started and the change that happened because of him uh, as an individual, I've I remain unimpressed with him since then. He's starting a cover band with Julian Assange soon. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't. What would the, uh... the name of the what would the karaoke night the two of them would have together? What uh, what what would the name of that band be? I wonder. The Panopticons. <laughs> the yeah. Panopticons. Right. Right. <laughs> Let's see. Oh. Uh, the leaky sneakies. Yeah, something with leaky. I was going. To, it's got to be leaky. Yes. Right. <laughs> I think. Yeah, sneaky leaky. I think works. That that, that sounds good. Yeah, it yeah. rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And Ch yeah. Chelsea on drums. <laughs> there you go. As we get together today, uh, the invasion of Ukraine has begun. Uh, in full measure, mm -hmm. or certainly, I guess, um, unambiguous measure. Um, and yeah. so from news a cyber is, point of view, news is no longer saying, you know, incursion or any, or, or police action. They're now saying invasion. So that's right. Yeah. Um, so we have crossed that line and that is where we are right now. Um, you know, from a cyber point of view, obviously, uh, there's everyone's on edge because of the possibilities of what could happen there. Everybody's got an eye on their, uh, critical infrastructure, um, I would just <laughs> as a reminder to all of our listeners, I believe it was Kim Zetter, the journalist uh, and author who said, uh, if you have not done so, please, please put your cyber house in order right now, which means if something is important to you, have it on multi-factor authentication, period, end of statement, you know, just please just do it. And um, not in the cloud. I know it. If, if it you need access to something. It sounds overblown. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, evidently, uh, there have been you – know, we've seen uh, the past couple of days, there's been a lot of DDoSing going on of um, various organizations in Ukraine, some of their banking systems, government websites, things like that. Evidently, there have been uh, ransomware that's been injected and uh, as misdirection for wipers. So attract your attention with the ransomware and the uh, – your files aren't actually being encrypted. They're being wiped. Um, there's speculation that uh, the wipers are actually there to hide the tracks of whatever other things that they may have done inside of some of these critical systems. Mm -hmm. So you know, the bottom line is the, the Russians know what they're doing. They're good at what they do here. They have used Ukraine as a testing ground for the past decade or so. So it's not surprising that they have their talons uh, deep in here. Um, we just have to see how this plays out and hope that in the time uh, – the past couple of years since, um, you know, we've we've had some of these – Things accidentally trickle around the rest of the world, things like NotPetya, mm -hmm. um, the uh, pipeline issue we had on the East Coast here, that we've done enough hardening of our own systems that things will uh, not affect us. But better safe than sorry. So <laughs> just to, <laughs> to go back to some of our prepper conversations, uh, to not have, be on a slippery slope and not panic and all that sort of thing, but 
do take care and uh, make sure that you're make sure you're taking care of the basics. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, something I wanted to touch base with are the two of you. Since the three of us are all of that age, we are children of the 80s. Mm-hmm. One of the things that has come up here is um, Putin's presentation. He made a speech yesterday and he said, whoever tries to interfere with us and even more so to create threats to our country, to our people should know that Russia's response will be immediate and will lead you to such consequences as, as you have never experienced in your history. We are ready for any development of events. All necessary decisions in this regard have been made. I hope that I will be heard. Um, our coverage of this pointed out that there have been some who are seeing this as a veiled threat of nuclear war. And while that seems unlikely, um, it's, it's, there's a shadow of that hanging over. And I'm just curious, as, as children of the 80s, those of us who grew up, had our formative days during the Cold War, and there was that shadow of nuclear war hanging over us. First of all, when you were a teenager, how much did you think about that? And second of all, does this reignite? If so, does this reignite any of those feelings? Who's going first? Brian. You go, Brian. Uh, as a teenager, yes, constantly. I mean, we talked about the movie The Day After, all that sort of stuff. I mean, mm. we had drills where we were inex- inexplicably climbing under our desks to save us from nuclear fallout, um, considering right. I was a stone's throw from Los Angeles and about 7,000 naval bases and you know, as my mom always told me, you don't need to worry about any of this. If there's a nuclear war, we're dead immediately. Um, so, mm. you, but, you know, as a, again, that's not something you want to hear. Uh, so, yeah, thought about that constantly as a teenager. Um, do I think about it right now? No, uh, I don't. I, I, I don't see this escalating to that point. Um, and if it does, very little control over the matter anyways. Um but I don't think it's going to I don't I don't think we're barreling towards that anymore. I think there's it would take a madman. Now, some are arguing that Putin has turning into that and is basically doing a Hail Mary pass here for um, his himself more more than his country, uh, basically him, um, that if he doesn't turn the tides here and, and exert some control back again. He's basically finished because the Russian economy is collapsing. Uh, the Russian military is a shadow of what, what it used to be. There's no way to get any of that back. Um, so, you know, will he go totally nuts? I don't know. I hope not. But I personally don't have that fear like I did when I was a teenager. And it did seem that, hmm. you know, uh, that uh, – well, right now, it's it, there's only one person, right? Right now, Biden and, and other leaders are taking pretty – you know, they're saying we're not going to get involved other than financially, you know, we're going to impose sanctions, et cetera. Uh, when we were teenagers, it was Reagan. Uh, you know, Reagan was playing chicken with Russia. We Biden is not mm-hmm. playing chicken with with Putin right now. I, I think Putin would like him to. I think Putin's whole speech is about, you know, come and get us. We'll see. Yeah. What do you think, Jason? Well, uh, to the 80s, absolutely. I still have the same dream that I had in the 80s after seeing um, the day after. It comes every now and again. Not a pleasant one. Um, hmm. But uh, so I would say it probably never went away. Um, do I think that this is the run-up to nuclear war? Nah. Cooler heads will prevail, I believe. Um, yeah. But um, if they didn't, not a lot you can do about it. So might as well go <laughs> about your day. 
Uh, trust me, it's not going to stop me from watching guys' grocery games tonight. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would agree that I, I think it's highly unlikely that we'll see anything like that. I I, I wonder how much saber rattling will there be um, it's funny as a teenager it wasn't something that I I really re- have any recollection of being really afraid of. Like I understood it from a intellectual point of view and and I wa- I watched the day after like we all did and went through those drills, but I I don't recall ever really feeling any sort of visceral fear about it and I'm not sure why. I don't know what that says about me or what sort of particular, you know, sociopathy well, I have. But, let, uh, let me take a stab. Let yeah, me take really. a stab at this as as an amateur psychologist. Um, Jason, yes, please. Jason's demeanor pushed him towards punk rock. My demeanor pushed me towards goth and industrial. You were listening to musicals. I think you started off as a much happier individual. (laughs) My sunny disposition uh, served me well throughout my teen years. That's what I'm saying. Race guys are going to clear up, put on a happy face. And I'm like, I'm like listening to like, the world is a vampire. (laughs) Right. Right. You know what? I think also. Hang on. In the morning, I would listen to the Dead Kennedys when I was skating. But in the evening, I'd be outside the theater waiting to get cheap tickets to go see any musical I possibly could. So I had a, I had a hybrid crossover there somewhere. Mm-hmm. 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 I think also because my parents were decidedly not intellectuals. And so conversations about politics was not something that happened around our dinner table. So I think part of it was I just really wasn't tuned into these sorts of things. These were not things the family was talking about. Um, so perhaps I was just blissfully ignorant of it. Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe as <clears throat> I mean, I was just drawn toward like I was, you know, I read 1984, like fifth, fourth or fifth grade. Like I, I was drawn towards dystopians and 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 all that sort of stuff. So, you know, when when the real life version pops up, you don't just kind of ignore it. You sink into it. And that probably was not very mm. healthy. So. <laughs> right, right. At some point, you decided to take up smoking. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's let's uh, let's move on because I know we're going to be talking about this next week and again after that. And this is going to be yeah. going on for quite some time. Uh, the AirTag stalking thing has come up again um, because, you know, a lot of people are uh, a lot of anecdotal stories popping up. A lot of people, you know, my my friend's friends found it in a bag in her purse and she had an Android, so she wasn't notified. Uh, there's a lot of this stuff coming out and uh, air sto- AirTag stalking concerns continue to be voiced despite the fact that Apple's tracker is the least suitable one on the market for anyone with malicious intent. I'm not sure if that's much comfort to people but uh, mm. basically yes if you're using an air tag there are a lot better tracking tools out there mostly your phone <laughs> <laughs> so right and the article kind of lists off all the different things that apple is doing they're they're actually doing i think as much as they can for a device that is meant to track things to make it safe to not track people with it uh so they're doing mm-hmm. a pretty good job of that and that's kind of the whole point of this article uh there's going to be a study about it but they're basically just saying air tags are uh, pretty safe really if you know what you're doing and if you really want to track someone use something else mm-hmm. yeah see this this really pisses me off this whole thing about 
you know, all these stories and the stupid people who think that this is the end of the world with everybody's going to have a tag and track them and blah, blah, blah. Air tags were awesome until these people came out of the woodwork because <laughs> they, they worked. And, every, you know, every, every time that there's another quote unquote anecdotal story that comes out, um, they, they, you know, they react and make them worse of a product. It's like, I don't want it beeping all the time. Cause if I put one in my car and my car gets stolen, I would like it to not tell them that it's there. Pretty please. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like mm-hmm. the whole point of it is so, uh, you know, okay, I can find my car. Great. I can find my bag. I don't want the person who stole my bag to know because I might be standing behind them with a baseball bat because my air tag led them to them. <laughs> but it's like they're just making it worse. It's like I, now I want to have to like hardware hack it, take it apart and find the beeper in it and turn it off. Ah, funny you should mention that. Funny you should mention <laughs> that. Uh, I saw a story about a week ago of a gent who had uh, briefly put up an Etsy shop where he was selling modified air tags with the uh, beepers disconnected. I'd imagine very briefly. It was brief. I, I suspect he's probably just found a a more uh, welcoming market for his goods. But uh, you know, there you go. It's I, there's another story that I enjoyed. Uh, it's probably about a month ago. Um, somebody had put uh, air tags on his scooter. He had a little electric scooter, and he was smart enough to put two on. He put one on that was easy to find. That was his mm-hmm. decoy air tag, and then mm-hmm. the other one was hidden. And I think we covered that here, didn't we? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, but okay. The, so oh, this, sure enough, yeah. sure enough, the scooter got stolen. Uh, it was just in New York City, and went to some the equivalent of a, an electric scooter chop shop, and uh, he was able to track it down because, uh, sure enough, the bad guys found the decoy air tag, figured that was it, and didn't remove the other one, and eventually he was able to get his scooter back. But I love the notion of <laughs> installing two. One is a decoy. I think that's smart thinking. Yeah, it'd be even smarter if the second one you installed didn't have the damn speaker on it. There you go. There you go. Well, as with most things, the world actually provides a perfect solution to many of our problems. And uh, if anybody's really concerned about being tracked with a with an air tag, I suggest that uh, you uh, purchase and befriend uh, a bunch of magpies. Because <laughs> according to this story, which I love, an animal ecology professor at the University of the Sunshine Coast in Australia said he and his team re- recently witnessed a mischief of magpies, which is also a great group name, display a rare cooperative rescue behavior when they attempted to track the birds. They developed a lightweight but tough harness the birds could wear like backpacks and carry a small tracker with them as they went about their daily lives. In a in the true genius of this story, they also created a feeding station that would wirelessly charge and download data from the trackers. How cool is that? It even had a mm-hmm. magnet for freeing the birds of their harnesses. So they thought this was going to be great, but ultimately their study fell apart in mere days. Within 10 minutes of the team fitting the final tracker, they saw a female magpie use her bill to remove a harness off of one of the younger birds. Hours later, most of the other test subjects had been freed of their trackers too. And by day three, even the most dominant male in the group had allowed one of his flock to assist him in removing the tracker. So, solution. (laughs) Nature finds a way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Birds are smart and... I, you know, when we were growing up, remember those uh, humans are unique in the in the animal kingdom because we're the only ones that use tools. And how many times has that <laughs> turned out to not be true? Right. Exactly. Never mind that chimp exactly. back there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Guns don't kill people. 
Uh, people kill people. Also, chimpanzees with guns. Give yes. a chimp- <laughs> yeah. Let me lock you in a room with a chimpanzee who has a gun. See how you feel about that. No, you know, that, so anyway. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I have a friend who's uh, going through the process of befriending a crow in her backyard, ah, okay. leaving treats out for the crow. And uh, at the point now where the crow is bringing her little shiny objects in exchange for nuts and berries and things like that. So, um, you know, fun, fun little project. And although all, as all you fun know, and games the, until she loses an eye. Well, I was going to say that what you don't want to do is get on the bad side of a crow because <laughs> Hell no. stories about yeah. <laughs> researchers who get. Who have to wear disguises across their college campuses because they've gotten on the bad side of a group of a murder of crows yeah. who yeah. are now coming who put a hit out on them and are now coming after their eyeballs. So, <laughs> yeah, they're scary. You don't mess with them. You don't even in the parking lot at Ralph's. I'm just like, have a nice day. <laughs> you, guys, <laughs> you guys be cool. Right, right. Put down your tribute to them so they yeah. clear the path to your car. Mm-hmm. I, I just I am always fascinated by Jason's psychology. Uh, it's amazing. We leap from like he's showing up with a baseball bat to destroy a human but he's super nice to the crows because <laughs> animals are better than people yes that's, a, yes, that's simple a... that's simple math right there mm-hmm. yeah lover of so, dogs yes. Hater of and people. crows <laughs> right yeah i don't see i don't yeah i don't see any uh i don't see any conflict there it's all that all that makes perfect sense to me <laughs> see brian you're the abnormal one. Well, you know, I'm the one that didn't. <laughs> no, let's ha- not be hasty. I, let's I'm not the, be hasty. I'm the one that back in high school was not lining up for musicals. I'll give you that. That could be my fatal flaw. That's right. So on that, Jason and I are, are in perfect alignment. Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got Michael. Welcome to the club, Michael. Thank you. And over at PayPal, we've got Andrew, John, Tom, Mark, John, Andre, Joseph, Michael, Humphrey, and Jason with the big 50 bucks. Thank you so much. People named Jason Rock. Over at Stripe, we've got Karen Ross, Roman, and Daryl. Thank you all so, so very much. Excellent. And we have a new five-star rating from MG2AXA, entertaining and useless. I love listening to the show, but I don't know why. I get no practical or useful information out of it, but it's just straight up entertaining. I used to not like it when they would trash Trump or get political, but now I just have to remind myself that these are the people who think democracy is at stake when they see a guy in a buffalo hat. I don't really care if someone disagrees with me politically, so keep up the great work, and I can't wait for next week's grumpiness. Cheers. I think it's worth pointing out that the guy in the buffalo hat broke into the Capitol, but, you know. Stop proving him right, Brian. (laughs) Okay. And in sad news, we've lost Mark Lanigan, a grunge pioneer and the Screaming Trees singer who passed away at 57. Uh, He had a successful solo career as well, and he's done some work with other people, particularly uh, Greg Dooley as, um, oh gosh, why am I blanking on the band's name? I knew I was going to do that, and I'm supposed to put it in here. Whatever. He's done some great (laughs) stuff in some of my favorite albums of all time, even though I can't remember the name of the artist's name that they did it under right now. Uh, Big loss, big loss, so I'm quite sad about that. Until next time, I'm Brian Schellmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. 
You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 542. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.